when I was conducting a session, I said, let's just contemplate for a minute right now. In the world, so much is happening. Is happening. A lot of people, lot of people would, be, would be, a lot of people would be struggling to make ends meet. A lot of people would be going through anxiety, worry, and uh, businesses are suffering. So much is happening. And within that, we are so lucky that we can find time for ourselves and dive into these moments of peace, which is actually like filling up our own reservoirs to deal with the challenging times. Uh, and I feel very grateful to God for allowing these moments even within the turmoil. And uh, it's a great thing to have gratitude for these moments that we are gifting to ourselves. Okay, so let's dive into our practice. And the first practice that we will do today is just becoming aware with all our five senses one by one. So I'm just going to give, give these cues to become aware of our senses. So right now, as you're seated in the chair, just become present to what your eye, eyes are receiving. Just look around or maybe just see or observe a few objects around you. Now just sense what sounds are reaching out to you. Maybe a couple of sounds from my end. Here there is a nine-day festival that has begun on Sunday where traditional music is being played as an offering of service to God. So you might hear some drum beating. Uh, so become aware of sounds around you. Now see if you can become aware and be present to the smells that you can pick up. And now let's sense our body, are there any sensations? Strong, light, dense, heavy. Just scanning the body quickly. And now as you're seated in the chair or on your bed or wherever, just feeling the weight of the body resting on something. If you're sitting on the chair, also feeling your feet on the ground. You can also feel the touch of the garment on your skin.
And now extending this practice further, let's do <clears throat> a body scan practice. I will guide the practice. Body scan in one way can also be looked at from the lens of letting go whatever our body has accumulated. We've had a day at work, mostly we are sitting in the chair and working, plus other tasks to do. So the body receives all of this and stores it. So we must consciously spend time working out the body and also relaxing the body. So let's start with a couple of deep breaths. And as I breathe in, I'm aware of my head. Breathing out, I relax my head. Breathing in, I'm aware of my face. Breathing out, I relax my face. Relaxing your forehead, dropping your jaws. Breathing in, I relax my neck. Breathing out. I let go. Breathing in, I'm aware of my shoulders. Breathing out. I relax and let go. Breathing in, I'm aware of my arms. Breathing out, I relax my arms. Breathing in, I'm aware of my forearms. Breathing out. I relax my forearms. Breathing in. I'm aware of my chest. Breathing out. Relax my chest. Breathing in. I'm aware of my stomach. Breathing out, I relax my stomach. Breathing in, I'm aware of my back. And breathing out, I relax my back. Breathing in, I'm aware of my limbs. 
and breathing out and relax them and let go. And as I breathe in, my breath body is becoming light and peaceful. Breathing in, my body and mind have become peaceful, calm, and settled. Now let's become aware of our body as a whole, letting go of anything to change. Letting go of all the interpretations, judgments, and just being with the awareness of the whole body. and allowing the feeling of gratitude to arise, how wonderful it is to have a body and also the mind which can become aware of the body. Now let's take a deep breath. And gently opening your eyes. Okay. Tell me if your state of mind and body has shifted at least a little bit in comparison to when you arrived on the call. So this is such a beautiful practice. You know, we did this for right now, roughly about eight minutes, but at any point during the day, we feel a little overwhelmed or too much is happening, not able to focus, just sitting with our eyes closed, we can dive within just two minutes of consciously scanning through the body and just being, you know, all the time we are seeking rather than being. Uh, and there's so much of seeking uh, in tasks and email and targets and pressures of all kinds. And this is non-seeking, just diving within. And then we then touch the potential of peace. The, so I say that the joy can spring up, uh, starting from a calmer base than previous weeks, feeling incredibly still now. Yeah, so wonderful. Our more chilled. Ah, very nice. Okay. So before we go to the next practice, I want to ask a question. What do we need in, in, times to, in times of challenge to handle the challenge? What's required? Uh, please don't say a lot of money because sometimes that also doesn't help. So while that could you know, aid some things, but that's not really uh, a key to handling challenges. Courage. 
courage. Uh, what else? Good support network. Okay, yeah. Someone by my side to share. Yeah. Patience, resilience, presence, a sense of calm. Yeah, and most of the you know clients that we're speaking to, uh, then I ask them a question. So what do your people need right now? Oh, they need to stay optimistic and strong to go through the pressure. It's okay. Uh, and I call this as David has typed his response. I also call this as resilience. But now uh, another question is, how do we build that resilience, which is the inner strength? What, what approach should we adapt? And then I will share one very interesting research that was run, uh, that was done exactly in terms of resilience uh, with people who do mindfulness practice. The narrative you play in your mind, that's wonderful. Yeah, if the negative narrative also leads to debilitating emotions, and then we go into a downward spiral. Okay, what else do we need to build resilience? It's less about gritting your teeth and pushing through it, rather becoming accepting of circumstance, circumstances and whatever is happening within us. Yes, only when we fully accept, people feel, you know, it's interesting, people feel if we accept, have we resigned to the situation? No, with full acceptance, actually, there can be a deep insight to deal with the situation. So acceptance is the key experience of life. Okay, so friends, here's where I would like to suggest a research that was done. They picked up a group of uh, novice meditators, hardly any experience of meditation, especially mindfulness meditation, because there are many, many streams of meditation. Uh, in uh, recently, not recently, but a couple of years ago, I picked up a book from Osho. It says 112 techniques of meditation. So it's huge it is. So uh, they picked up people who had no experience in mindfulness meditation and the other, other group who were experienced meditators. And they wanted to check how these two groups respond to stress, stressful events in their life. So what they did was they attached a thermode to their forearm through which they were being delivered a painful sensation. Okay, and also electrodes attached to their brain to study the brain activation of brain areas when people experience pain, but not just experiencing pain, there's something called as anticipatory pain, which means uh, I know that one strong event or tough event is going to be there in my life in the near future. Just thinking about it can also produce a lot of stress. There is an activation in the amygdala, which is the salience network of our brain. So then they put these people into the fMRI scanner and they were told, okay, now be ready. In the next 10 seconds, you will get the painful sensation. Now, the moment it was announced for these novice meditators that you will get a painful sensation, there was a huge activity in the amygdala. That's the anticipatory stress, thinking that, okay, now I'm going to go through the painful experience. Then when they received the pain, obviously there was activity in the amygdala because the body, when it goes through painful sensations, the amygdala activates. Most importantly, even after the event was over, they had a they had a, a feeling of unpleasantness, lingering feeling of unpleasantness, for quite some time, even after the event was over. Now, cut to experienced mindfulness practitioners. 
when it was announced, okay, now be ready, you'll get the pain. No activity in the amygdala at all. When they were going through the pain, yes, the amygdala activation, but it also was revealed that these people were much open to the experience of pain, like David was saying, accepting it, not denying it, suppressing it, or avoiding it, very open to go through an unpleasant experience also. And again, most importantly, no lasting feelings of unpleasantness after the event was over. You know, so I think mindfulness practice is not not just about spirituality and all that, but for us who are not yogis, we want to do our jobs, provide for our families, have a comfortable life. For us also, it's very important because there are so many stressors in life that we go through. And if we are not aware and if we have not built this resilience within to handle these situations, then everything can leave a little bit of residue inside us. And while we think it does not, it does. There's again a big research where <clears throat> if our body has gone through stressful situations, in the cellular memory of the body, it is stored. So uh, now, therefore, for us, when we do these practices, and it's not that we have to meditate for a lifetime to get to this level of some level of resilience, even three, three months of practice, 10 minutes every day, yeah, we can start observing shifts uh, in our demeanor, in the way we process our own emotions, in the way we respond. I'm an example of it. Initially, whenever I have to get these strong feedbacks or somebody has disagreed with me and send a WhatsApp message while replying, my heart is to start talk, 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 pounding as if, you know, a threat is there to me right now through that message or an email. But now I experience I'm very settled even when I'm responding to very strong messages or somebody has disagreed. Uh, I, I have seen this shift in myself also. So I think resilience is about the ability to handle our thoughts, the ability to deal with disruptive emotions and the ability to come back to physical well-being, vitality, physical vitality. And one of the things that we do not come to physical vitality is while we physically sleep during the night, the body has not rested enough. It is not shedded off the weight, the stress that we accumulate and therefore consciously taking moments to just dive within and relaxing the body can also help us to be physically vital. So therefore resilience literally is about managing our states of consciousness. If we can do that, then resilience is a byproduct. We don't have to chase resilience. We just have to become uh, wise in dealing with our mind and the emotions. Okay, so with this, we will do, after a while, we are doing this practice. We will do a practice of mindfulness of thoughts. And uh, the essence of this practice is not to get carried away with any thought impulse. It doesn't matter what is the content of the thought. It can be a positive thought, negative thought, compassionate thought, violent thought, thoughts from the past, thoughts from the future, whatever it is. The metaphor that I use is, imagine yourself sitting on the river and you're sitting at the bank of the river, you can see the river floating and you can see everything that is floating in the river. But when we jump into the river, now we're getting carried away with the currents of the river. That's what happens. We get carried away with the currents of our thoughts. And the moment we get carried away, now we, some, we then lose the choice because the awareness also drops. Then we lose the choice 
of stepping away from our thoughts. And it's very important to exercise this choice because like Andre said, if the narrative in our mind uh, is like a strong current and we will get drawn into it and the result will be anxiety, fear, feeling of uncertainty, so on and so forth. So now we will do this practice where we just become witness to our own thinking. And literally the definite, one of the definitions of meditation is to be a witness to what is happening, unfolding within you. And just being a witness means not commenting, not judging, not trying to avoid it, but just paying attention, allowing the thought to come in and let it pass by. And just in case, if you feel that you're getting locked in with your thoughts, you're not able to separate yourself, just take a couple of deep breaths and then return to the practice of mindfulness of thoughts. So if you've received my instructions correctly, just give me a thumbs up and then we will jump into the practice. Okay, so sitting in a posture that is supportive for the practice. Always good to start with one deep breath, taking a full breath into your belly. Feels so wonderful to take a full breath and just let it go with the exhalation. And now we will use thoughts as a support for our practice. And sometimes one way it can help to be aware of our thoughts is Rather than saying, I am thinking, see what happens if you change it to, I am having this thought. Or I am receiving this thought. And then whatever thought arises, it doesn't matter what is the content of the thought. We can let it come in. And by just being mindful, without feeling it further, we can just watch it come in and then it dissipates. but the other thought is also waiting at the door, next one to come in. So we can follow the same process again.
And when we become witness to our own thinking, we also realize that I can be free from my thinking. I don't have to get stuck in it every time. But this freedom is not about battling with our thoughts and then becoming free. It is just about this very refined awareness that we bring in the functioning of our mind. So we can remind ourselves of this quote, to, to see is to be free. Now we will extend the practice, getting into open presence practice, which means now we are not paying attention to anything specific, but we are being very present to whatever is arising in the mind. So again, a metaphor that we can use is when we are driving through the traffic, we are cognizant of the side view mirrors, the rear view mirror, someone who's overtaking us, speeding up, slowing down, the cars in front of us. And we don't fix our attention on any single piece of information because then we cannot drive. So this is the same thing that we will do right now. Whatever is arising in our mind, we will just make a note of it without fixating ourselves. And fixating in a practice means if a thought impulse comes, getting carried away, then we are fixated. If a sound impulse takes our attention away, then not fixating means, not commenting, judging, but just recognizing that I became aware of the sound or I became aware of my body sensation. Whatever draws our attention, just noting that and also maintaining a sense of being present to all of this. So the essence is again, with our reflexive awareness, remaining in open presence.
at any point, if you feel you're getting stuck with any specific thing or getting carried away, just taking a deep breath, full breath in the belly, and then returning to the open presence practice. Okay, let's take a deep breath. Gently opening your eyes. So let's pause for comments and questions. But this is such a wonderful practice. Again, if you see, if you are able to be a witness, that witnessing has such a beautiful quality. Awareness has such a beautiful quality. Everything just starts slowing down. And the result is peace, calmness. I'm just looking at my phone to look for one chant, which I thought maybe today's session we can end with that. Took me a while to realize where my mind was. Yeah, and that's why we need to be cultivating this awareness because our mind, I keep saying this, the mind can be a source of extreme misery, but if the mind is trained with our awareness, it can be also a source of joy. Uh, and in many of our sessions, all of us must have touched those glimpses of joy where we did not fight the mind. We did not try to suppress it, but we just brought more awareness. I really like that because it did make me far more aware. Yeah. Okay. Changing to, I'm having this thought. Okay, I just missed the comment. Changing to, oops changing to I'm having this thought versus I'm thinking made a big difference. I did, however, go down the rabbit hole with my thoughts a couple of times. Yes. And that's the training part, Kathy. If with this awareness, like sometimes just changing the perspective, I am thinking, okay, which means now it is my thought. Now I will get carried away with it. But just being and saying, okay, I'm having this thought right now. I can make a choice either to indulge or let it go by. And especially when negative thinking happens, I can either indulge or let it go by. Watching or witnessing our thoughts is such a powerful shift in perspective as compared to being consumed by them. It gives us the ability to choose what we pay attention to and act on exactly. And therefore, uh, there's a saying in the, on the path of mindfulness, we are not our thoughts. Somehow we have tricked ourselves into believing this, that we are our thoughts. We are attracting these thoughts, basis, whatever we have experienced in life, you know, the data that we have stored and all of that. So it's literally most of our thoughts are stemming from our memory. If our memory is wiped out, all the suffering in our life will go because there will be no thoughts. We will start afresh like a child, experiencing everything with our senses. So therefore, what are thoughts? These are passing clouds. We don't have to latch on to every cloud because then we will forget that when the clouds pass by, we are this vast open sky of awareness. And this understanding experientially can be developed through a mindfulness practice. It is not theory. 
one can actually experience this if we do our practice even for short durations. Okay, so let me just look for that quote. Okay, so now we will do the compassion practice. And with that, we will end our session today. Okay. <clears throat> so I will again lead the practice. And uh, today we will end in the next 10 minutes. Uh, unfortunately, I have to, or rather fortunately, because <laughs> it is also uh, an assignment from our client, but they did not have any other time uh, so I have to start in the next 20 minutes. So in 10 minutes, we sorry, next 25 minutes. So next 10 minutes, we will finish the session. So today, 45 minute session, short session. Uh, we will do a compassion practice and then a little bit of discussion. And then with a chant, we will finish the session today. So again, closing your eyes. And as we have discussed this in the earlier sessions also, while we talk about being compassionate and kind towards others, there's so many times we have beaten ourselves too hard, criticized ourselves heavily, being very unforgiving. But what is there within only can be sent out. So therefore, let's start this practice by practicing compassion towards ourselves. And now just thinking about yourself or visualizing and just having an image of yourself in your mind. Whatever wishes are coming up, just allowing and sending yourself good wishes. And as we do that, experience the change, be present to what unfolds in the body and the mind when you send out heartfelt blessings. With this expansive heart now, you can now consciously spread these ripples of blessings for others, for all the living beings. So now let's pray in our heart. May all living beings be at peace. May all living beings 
be free from their suffering. May all living beings have good health. May all living beings have joy. And may the entire planet heal with all its afflictions. And we can release a prayer as I consciously tap into my peace. In little ways, I can also be an instrument for helping others to be more mindful, to be more kind towards themselves, to be more resilient. So if you wish to contribute releasing this prayer, may I be an instrument of contribution Let's take a deep breath. And opening your eyes. Okay, let's have a few minutes for final comments or any questions that you want to ask. So next Monday, we will close this series. So please remind me of speaking about uh, mindful eating next Monday. Happy Navratri to you also, Kathy. Therefore, we will chant one mantra, Devi mantra when we close this session today. So uh, it's believed in India that all these nine days, the energies are very auspicious. So we, whenever possible, we must do a lot of our practice meditation, chanting, offering prayers. It's, it's a very, very good practice because we draw these auspicious energies into our life. And if you look at everything around us is energy. Our house is an energy. Our desk is an energy, our body is an energy, and these are layers, vibrations. So with chants, practices like this, we purify our energies. So I'm going to chant now a small mantra. Uh, I may not be able to tell you the exact word-to-word -word meaning, but this is supposed to be the most potent and powerful mantra in Indian tradition. It is called as the Gayatri Mantra. It is purification. It is chanted for awakening wisdom and all sorts of divine energy. So it's called as the most powerful mantra. Uh, I have done this mantra sadhana for a while. I used to chant 108 times for 40 days. So I have experienced some really nice states uh, also with this mantra. So you can just receive it uh, while you may not understand it, but there will be 
some vibration that can reach out, you know. Bhargo Mahi Dio Yonaha Prachodaya So may all these auspicious energies be with you for the next week and I will see you next Monday. Thank you very much everybody. Have a peaceful week, joyful week. Thank you, everyone. Bye. See you tomorrow, Andre. <laughs>